Storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. With Jessica and Georgia and all their friends, you never know how the story's gonna end. But storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. Welcome to the second episode of season two of Storytelling Saves the World, a podcast where you can find out more about integrating student movie making into your classroom. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Pack, and I'm here with my fabulous storytelling partner in crime, Georgia Trelawhi. Hi, Georgia. Hey, Jessica. I'm so glad I get to be fabulous. That always makes me happy. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? <laughs> So few places in life do you actually get to have the title of fabulous. And I feel like it is an official thing at this point, like an adjective I would use to describe you in pretty much any situation. Well, and right back at you. I feel exactly <laughs> the same way, which is why I think we uh, enjoy doing this so much. Oh, for sure. Hey, we've had an exciting couple of weeks, haven't we? We certainly have. I felt like it was crazy, but it was so good. So uh, we were doing the um, Creative Constructor Lab for ITSE, and you want to tell everybody what that is? Yeah, it's a, a conference that I, I guess typically takes place in New Orleans. It was our first interaction with the conference, um, but as with everything in this time of COVID, uh, we had an entirely virtual experience. So that was one of my first whole virtual events, and it was awesome. We got to participate on the digital storytelling playground and present a few 20-minute back-to-back sessions. It was super fun. Which was cool, I imagine, as a, as a participant because you got to come, kind of come in and out of the playground rooms and we just kept sort of presenting and people could come in as they wished. So that was sort of a new model I'd never experienced before as a presenter or a participant. It's kind of crazy to cram something into 20 minutes, but you do get a lot of really great stuff. And I appreciated the flexible format where we could have, you know, part one and part two back to back so that people could either stick with us or move on in, in different stages of the creation process. So it was super fun. And what I've come to love about all the stuff we've gotten to do with ITSD and is, is that it's, you know, it's a national organization. So we go to these, you know, conferences or, or present, and they're literally educators from all over the world that are popping in virtually for these things. And what other place do you get to do that like, on a regular basis where you're talking to teachers in Africa or, you know, somewhere in Europe or, you know, all over the country and seeing how they're dealing with distance learning and continuing to, um, you know, keep the bar high as far as content they're delivering. Well, and I think you have a huge, amazing point. The fact that most of the conversations we have with our colleagues are typically in the hallways, right? And in sort of the in-between spaces in our day. And now that we're all, at least in our district, at home, those conversations are few and, and they're, they're farther apart. I think it's harder to have that sense of community. So in this type of situation, being able to be among your friends and family, essentially, is <laughs> amazing. And, and talking a language that you and I both love, which is, you know, technology and education and how to integrate that in ways to make things engaging for students, yet still have the efficacy of getting the curriculum delivered. And so, yeah, you feel like you're with, like, all your really good friends kind of nerdily hanging out for the weekend, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> 
Well, and EdTech conferences have that unique joy of being exactly like how I picture Comic-Con, except the content is different. So, I mean, short of dressing up. I was going to say, maybe no costumes. I don't know. Maybe costumes are optional. (laughs) Maybe that's the thing. Yeah, I can see having a LARPing thing going on maybe through ITSD and something. There could be like that small little group that, yeah, if you like LARPing, come, come to our PLN. Oh my goodness. Well, there were a lot of really cool takeaways. I really enjoyed um, a creative energizer session or as a creative challenge with Tim Needles. And he was talking about haiku as um, a, a form of storytelling that is quick and easy and gets kids going, especially in the distance environment. And it made me think of you, Georgia, with your um, quarantine haiku from last year. So I thought that was super cool. I love haiku because it's super simplistic, but you really have to synthesize information to make it powerful. And so I just love that it has all these different levels going on in such a simple thing. And it seems like it'd be pretty gosh darn quick in terms of a production cycle because you're really only dealing with three lines, probably at most three to four images. And so who can't pull that off, even in a distance learning environment? Exactly. Preaching to the choir, sister. Yes. I love it. Well, hey, for listeners, if you haven't tapped into ISD 20 yet, um, we will be presenting at the Digital Storytelling Playground. I guess I should say facilitating. It really is hands-on at a playground. Um, but the virtual conference experience is only $175 for ISTE members. So we just really encourage everybody to uh, go ahead and make that investment, man. It's a lot of good learning and so much of it is on demand afterward with recorded sessions. It's just, it's very flexible. And, and you just have so much rich content to take back. You could start right away with your class, which I love that aspect too. I literally did that from this creative constructor lab. We went back and we immediately did like Adobe Spark projects with some cool like editing and inspirational quote stuff. It was fantastic. I love it. That's awesome. Well, for new listeners, Georgia and I bring a range of experiences to the show. I've been teaching middle school for the past 16 years, and I'm also a California Teacher of the Year. And I have 31 years of classroom experience at the elementary level, and yes, I started teaching when dittos were a thing. I am currently an instructional coach, and we've both been using digital storytelling in our classroom for more than a decade. Um, I love that you were teaching when dittos were a thing because that's one of those words that you hear as like, I I equate it to like chubacabra, like it's the thing of legend. (laughs) Yes, Uh, only only us old timers know what it is to to pick a a cold, wettish piece of paper off the ditto machine and smell that ditto smell and, you know, just have that feeling of angels singing. It was a thing. But my fingers aren't purple anymore, which I'm profoundly grateful for. (laughs) Well, the ultimate accessory, you'll have to, you have to do something other than ink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, we absolutely have a blast with digital storytelling. It's been a pillar of our instruction. And I think that really says something about the validity of storytelling as a strategy, the impact it has on our kiddos. And today we have an awesome guest, right, Georgia? We do. And um, I think like this year, I know we had talked about, you know, flexibility and grit in educators and students. And really, I know you and I talked, Jessica, about we want to highlight some educators that are really exemplifying that, that 
flexibility and grit. And so this week, um, I want to introduce you to Donna Crisp, who's the librarian at one of the um, elementary schools that I, I coach at, Sunny Sands Elementary. So Donna, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Hi, uh, thanks for having me. It's such an uh, exciting time to be alive. The world is changing and inspiration is everywhere. And I just love to bring that to my students at Sunny Sands. I'm the librarian here at Sunny Sands and I just love my job and working with the kids. And, and it shows everywhere in the library. Miss um, Donna has you know, created a whole, like almost a TV set for her Zoom classes with all kinds of things in the background. And she um, changes costumes on her night. She has a legit knight in shining armor in her um, library that she changes costumes for. So she's definitely over the top in a really good way. But uh, we wanted to talk to you, Donna. So when we started this year, distance learning in the library and how you got started with your movie making because you really weren't doing anything in that regard when school started. I was not. I was really enthusiastic, but I didn't have much knowledge. And I went to trainings and read and tried, but my level of ability was very low. And nobody likes to do something they cannot do and don't understand. So I was like defeated that a lot of people were. So I reached out to Georgia and I said, Georgia, I have so much enthusiasm and this is what I want to do, but I don't know how to go there or get there. And so she introduced me to um, We Video which I just fell in love with and just took off. And I thought, well, how far can I go? But it was just like learning how to read. I had to learn the alphabet and the sounds and the letters. And it was small steps. But I got an emoji. I built my uh, background. And I just started playing. So my first minute and a half video took me eight hours. <laughs> but I am now down to about an hour for 10 minutes. My last video was 10 minutes and it took me about an hour. I don't know if my production is any better, but my time and confidence is much better. And I think the kids okay. really enjoy it. I love that your whole journey started with that spark of curiosity. And then once you get into it, you're in that state of flow where you're just creating, creating, creating. That's awesome. Now, I have to tell you, when Georgia told me, get a Bitmoji, and I thought, Put it, download it on your phone. And I just froze and thought, I don't even know how to add an app on my phone, which I did, but I was just overwhelmed at the time. So I took a deep breath and I said, you can add an app on your phone. And I did. And then I went home and played with it. And then it was just history from there. And I have to tell you, the funny thing was she went, it was like a Friday. I said, okay, create your Bitmoji and, you know, Monday we'll talk. And you she was fearful. And by like Monday, she wanted to do a different outfit on her Bitmoji almost every day for put. So, I mean, literally the learning curve was enormous and her enthusiasm, I really do think drove her, but she, you know, would ask questions, little questions as she went along and then go play with it. And then, you know, call or ask. And it, I just, um, I so appreciated the fact that she didn't let the fact that she'd never done this before get in her way. So what was it that gave you the bravery to just kind of press onward and, and seek out, you know, help when you needed it, but just keep going? What, what was that like for you? I wanted this crisis to accelerate me farther and to be the best I could be. 
And I know that storytelling is just a, a creative, thriving community. And I just use storytelling all the time. And uh, we video was just a, a venue that I could use. That was my level of education that I could pursue and, and get good at. So um, that, I, but I just wanted to be the best I could be. So what are some, what are some of the projects that you've created for your library site? I, well, I did Dot Day, which was one of my favorites, was Dot Day, International Dot Day. We all dress up as Dot and read that book. That's my, one of my favorite books. Children love that. And they would draw dots and share them with me on uh, Google Classroom. And then I'm doing a uh, the Red Ribbon Week. I'm doing Spookly, the Square Pumpkin, which is a kindness book. Because I, I do kindness in the library. I have Sir Kindness. My Sir Kindness read a lot is my knight in shining army. And he spreads kindness throughout the school. And all the kids know Sir Kindness. That is a lot of fun. So, and he was dressed up for Dot Day, which was very cool. Yeah, he was dressed up as Dot Day. He gets dressed up and changes his clothes all the time. Almost as much as Mastana does. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of outfits. There's nothing I, wrong with that. <laughs> so essentially, it sounds like what you're doing is taking the community space of the library and kind of shifting that over into the digital storytelling realm. That's, that's exactly what I'm doing and having a lot of fun with it. How are the kids receiving it? Oh, they love it. And then I'd send it to Flipgrid too. And then they, they respond, they record, or they'll draw pictures and, and they will send it back to me. All these videos can live in her Google Classroom. So, you know, kids can come and go and, you know, watch them multiple times rather than like if they were coming to the library, they would get one chance to interact with this book. But now they can have multiple opportunities and, you know, do all the activities she puts in there and, um, I just, I think it's awesome the way she just turned it all around without, without a complaint. That's the beauty of just the adaptability of this time. I like that you, you viewed this whole distance learning and, and COVID situation as an opportunity to expand and grow your practice. I know for some teachers, it's kind of had a little bit of a stressed out effect, but you seem like you, you just took this challenge and went with it. I did. I did. And I'm very happy that I had this opportunity to do so. When we're back, like brick and mortar schools, can, do you see a way that you could continue, like you could continue using this in some way, even if you had the kids coming to you? I think I'll, I will use it. I will um, the parents introduce to the parents what we are using, our uh, pyramid of success, our character counts program that we work at the districts. I, I would like to introduce that to the parents. I would like to continue my um, kindness and also teach that to the parents. So yes, I would like Miss Donna's Cozy Character Corner to continue where they can interact with me. Because I don't think the parents get to know what you do at right. school. Yeah. Because we've usually so could, been like one and done. They come to the library, that's it. If you miss it, right. you miss it. So we always say that storytelling starts with the story and the story aspect is, is the most important. I, Clint Eastwood said story is king, right? So how has the concept of story kind of influenced your work? Oh, I think stories stimulate the brain, the brain and influence how we act in life. Uh, everybody has a story. Listen to everybody's story. It opens the world of possibilities. All right, so this is the point where we ask five rapid fire questions and you answer the first thing that comes to your mind. 
Are, are, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and I'm going to do, I'm going to do the 60 second clock, Jessica, to try to keep us on track. Cause when we were with Alex, time didn't seem to mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how we ended up with a 30 minute podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was All right. Good so starting. Was good. <laughs> it was great. It was great. We just, yeah, we, <laughs> we had trouble like figuring out when to stop. All right. So 60 seconds. Here we go. First question, Donna. What is your go-to drink when storytelling fails? Pina colada. I love it. And what is your weirdest distance learning moment? It's, it's terrible. I have heard some very foul language in Zoom from the, in the background. What piece of equipment could you not live without this year? My, my, I, my phone. What is the most surprising thing that you've discovered about yourself since embarking on your storytelling journey? Oh, that I didn't know what I didn't know. And last question. What do you do to make Zooms more fun? Oh, I have so much fun in my Zoom. I I dress up. I I put my background up. I, whatever I'm teaching, I will have a book or a character to go along with my lesson. All right, so our next thing is our storymatic. All right, so I have the three cards, beginning, middle, and end, that I'm mixing up here. All right, so I'm, I will tell you the cards that were drawn. Jessica, we have a person who needs to remove a tattoo right away and, <laughs> and, and an unexpected package. Person who needs to remove a tattoo right away and an unexpected package. All right. This could go a lot of different directions as per it usual. Could. As per usual. All right. So Donna, well, you are going to be, what is that? Beginning. Beginning. And so in the beginning, um, you're introduced, you're setting your character, describe your character's average day. How do they feel about their average day? Those are just ideas because we really want this to be a 60 second story. Okay. So it's about 20 seconds of introduction. All right. All right, Jessica, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Jessica, you are the, the end. end. Oh, that, the which, makes, which makes me the middle. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, ready? All right. Yes. Starting now. There was this beautiful young woman that lived in New York, and it was fall, and she was planning her wedding but she had to decide that she had to have a tattoo removed because it was her ex-boyfriend and it made her, her fiance so jealous. So she made an appointment, went and got her tattoo removed. When she came home, there was this big brown box. And she had no idea who it was from. And she was still kind of hurting from the tattoo removal and thinking about how her fiance was going to be so happy that, you know, her ex-boyfriend's name was not on her body anymore. <laughs> and when she opened the box, it actually was this incredible, beautiful diamond tennis bracelet and a note from the ex-boyfriend whose tattoo she just removed and as all good real housewives of New York plots go, she decided that she actually didn't want to marry the guy that she was currently engaged to. She wanted to go back to her boyfriend. So she quit another 
tattoo appointment to get <laughs> <laughs> on her skin. The end. Ooh, plot twist. I like it. <laughs> like it. Not see that one coming. Girl, no. I watch enough Bravo for all of us. <laughs> Oh. oh my goodness. Thank you so much for joining us on Storytelling Saves the World. Our show notes can be found on our website, storytellingsavestheworld.com. And hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. You can do that on iTunes or SoundCloud, and you could even give us a review. In our next podcast, we'll continue the conversation with teachers newer to digital storytelling, talk, and we'll get to talk to an art teacher and a music teacher and how they are incorporating digital storytelling into their distance learning classrooms. If you have an idea for our podcast, please email us via the contact form on our website. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's storytellingsavestheworld.com. Until next time, what's your story?